Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bench Units for another Sunday Roundup. My name is Mark. I am joined by my co-host, James, who, like Lakers coach Frank Vogel, is being kind of evaluated on a day-to-day basis. So let's see how he does with this one. James, how's it going, man? Uh, Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I'm very glad that my podcasting doesn't depend on whether Russell Westbrook is good at his job or not because I think I'd have been in trouble by now considering I don't have as much of a sort of podcasting merit as Frank Vogel does as a coach so I've been needing to get the Vogel stuff out here I I saw the stuff about his he's he's basically being evaluated game to game which is entirely like corporate speak for when this guy loses a game that we're not happy about we will fire him Yeah, that is that is basically he's been fired in our heads, but we can't sign the paper until you lose to Detroit or Orlando. (laughs) We need a reason to get rid of you. You see, Danny Green came out and he was like, "It's not his fault. He's a good coach. Like it's the roster, which is like which has been the thing from the second they spent all of their money on Russell Westbrook." Yeah, I was good. Well, I've been. I might still, but I've been toying with the idea of writing about this on Substack, but he, I actually genuinely believe if they were to call Frank Vogel in and fire him, they would be like, anyway, we've decided to wish you well. And he'd be like, okay, cool. No worries. See you later. <laughs> like yeah. he, can't, he can't be enjoying where he is. He would have such a better time. And he would have a new job within like a matter of months because everyone else in the NBA would know he was a good coach in a terrible situation. So he's probably yeah. like, he managed to go to the Lakers and make them play enough defense that they were legitimately great. And on the other side of the ball, it was like, hey, LeBron and AD, figure some stuff out, but I'll give you some stuff that will help you out and put you in good spots. And that is a lot of NBA coaching. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's way more complicated than that. But anyway, people don't come to us for NBA stuff is something we've figured out. We have. So... Yeah, we are going to get on to talking about the games that happened. Um, quick thing is that we're recording this before Landil have played because it's just when we record this. So it is. And oh, also, sorry, guys. It's um, Landil and Munsterland, so I don't feel like we'll be releasing any spoilers when we say congratulations, Landil, on your win. That's about as predetermined as Frank Vogel's job We'll not say that yet, but we will make a joke about the fact that the... The wheelchair basketball theme park is going on tour. <laughs> <laughs> the, the circus is coming to Landville. Uh, I feel like calling it a theme park is a funny joke. Calling it a circus seems like something being a circus is already an insult, and that's not what I mean. Yeah. But um, yeah. C- calling a, a traveling group of disabled people a circus is like the, uh, what's the movie? The Greatest Showman thing, where he just rounds up like all the. Like the bearded lady and the various outcasts, and he's like, oh, people will pay to come see you guys." Yeah, that whole thing is he just goes into a disability benefits office, and he's like, "Right, never mind. They're gonna cut your pip. You're coming <laughs> with me. <laughs> I'll give you benefits." But no, anyway, right. Um, last bit before we address the games is anyone who follows us on socials or who doesn't follow us on t- socials and gets tagged a lot by us will have noticed that we put out and asked for suggestions on future guests. And a lot of people got back to us with really good suggestions. And yeah, we just want to say thanks to everyone who sort of interacted with that because it was really cool to see that 
people were people were interested in giving us sort of guidance and direction and suggestions and all that stuff's really cool and we've taken it all on board and the people we've reached out to so far have been super cool getting back to us so hopefully we've got some fun stuff and we can give a third of the airtime at least to some other strangers did you you have a favorite suggestion out of all the ones that people got back to us with uh no i could never pick favorites um <laughs> uh no uh our lord and savior dylan cummings was is up there but he, he knows his oscar goebel act has to be the best one man. if only because he i as far as i know he definitely doesn't speak enough english to hold a long form english interview for an hour and secondly if he did he wouldn't want to <laughs> it's, it's like yeah that's that's one of the things that I did find funny. People suggesting stuff. So I'm like, I'm not sure they speak English or I'm not sure they'd want to do this is the other one. And it's like, yeah, if anyone's listening to this that speaks Spanish, one, why? And two, we could probably figure that out. But um, no, I, I did think that was funny. People would be like, what about this guy? And be like, I don't know if they're going to want to. But it's been cool because we've reached out to a couple of people that I just assumed would be like, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and people have been super open to it. But I guess that's the thing. People who like basketball, like talking about basketball. And I guess we're here because that's what we like to do. And anyone listening to this probably likes listening to people who like talking about basketball, talking about basketball. So <laughs> that was some yeah. verbal gymnastics. <laughs> if that's not was, got you ready, I don't know. I had to really, really concentrate to not say that wrong. And I might <laughs> still have. But anyway, the games. Let's do it. Right, so first up, we've had some listener feedback telling us to basically get our act together and have an organized rundown of the games and stop umming and ahhing and stalling as we navigate between tabs of which stats we're going to look at. So shout out Tom Smith. Shut up, Tom Smith. (laughs) Um, So we have got a rundown of games. We're going to go Spanish League first and then German League. Um, as people may know, there were some COVID cancellations and whatnot. As James has mentioned, Landil haven't played yet. Um, I have done a rapid catch-up of all the games because all the games were happening yesterday evening and I wasn't at home in my usual binge-viewing position. So I used yesterday evening and first thing this morning to catch up. So let's jump in with Las Rosas and Malaga, which... Got out of hand pretty quickly, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, because I looked at the final score and was watching the game. And at halftime, I didn't really understand what had happened. Because <laughs> 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 what was it? Like, it was 31-21 at halftime. And I was like, okay, uh, it ends up 72-30. That, that got out of hand real quick. But... As I watched the game, I realized that Las Rosas were basically playing five guys the whole time. Yeah, um, missing probably two of their three best players, depending on how you rank Cano, um, Christian Gomez, and Salvador Zavala. Yes, that's that was the other thing I was going to say. Also missing... Um, um, they were missing someone else. Uh, I'm umming and I'm sorry, Tom. Um, I, can't, I can't remember his name. The guy who made the Spanish national team recently. Yes. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. 
but yeah, uh, so that's tough. And also Las Rosas were getting pressed on and off, which is is gonna is gonna get you. Yeah. Like basically, I think Malaga came up there. They were like, Yeah, we've got a load of young guys. We're playing a team that has no one. Um, they've got like six guys, they're a bit older. We're just gonna press the life out of them and we'll see what happens. They're gonna get knackered, and that might have actually been what happened. Yeah, uh, the- this whole game very much had the energy of like when you bring a puppy into like hang out with an older dog, and the Alexi older... Ruiz is that guy's name. Sorry, yeah, that's the one. Sorry, Alexi. That's I just didn't want to like disrespect the guy by being like, "What's his name?" Because I knew I knew it. I just I was like, I'm almost sure he doesn't listen. Yes. Um, but yeah, this <laughs> game, this game had like the energy of when you bring a puppy into an older dog and the older dog will be like, eh, I'll humor you for five minutes. And then after a while, it's like, okay, leave me alone now. I want to go and lie down. Yeah, I am going to have my my weekly how does Salvador Chavada do it thing. <laughs> yeah. Where it, it was like seven from 18, but like there were a couple of times that he just broke the press on his own. And I got the feeling that he was like, I'm going to the basket. If anyone touches me, I'm going down. Yeah. But I can't stop, but they might not stop me either. And there was once where someone just got decent position under the basket, stopped their chair, and he absolutely just got emptied. And there was no call because it wasn't a file. But that was kind of the price to pay for him being like, I'm 49 years old. I'm sitting sitting this high up, and I'm just going to absolutely put everything into just busting my ass down the other end of the floor. Yeah, but I respect it. It was the old... um... It's the old Simon Munn press break, isn't it? <laughs> Being like, hey, that we might not be able to break this five on five, but if I just throw myself at one of the five people, it might, like, something might happen that frees everyone else up. Yeah, and they basically, like, Malaga managed to press with a one on the floor, like Abdi, Abdi was on the floor for most of that. So I guess that was that, that was their, their plan, try and yeah. get some sort of matchup. But the thing was, they ended up, like, breaking the press in that they got over the halfway line fairly regularly. Like it wasn't, I think a lot of, a lot of people are like, Oh, you press to get eight second calls or to get steals or whatever. But like at the higher level of wheelchair basketball, you press and it ends up that the team breaks it because they've got five actual basketball players on the other end of the floor and they'll get over in some sort of two on two situation. Absolutely blow in with yeah. eight seconds on the clock and then that's what happened they ended up like having to take some really bad shots or like yeah the, throwing the ball that. away or running the clock out or whatever and that's where it gets you and obviously the other thing is it, it'll get you in that you're going to end up like 10 points down at halftime but losing the fourth quarter 27-6 yeah. like that was the most clear thing of you hear teams talking about you hear coaches talking to teams about we're going to press these guys and we're going to grind them down and it's not going to it's not going to have an effect in the first or the second quarter when we get to the third and fourth quarter they're going to feel it and you're kind of like yeah all right yeah. I, I i i understand that sort of anecdotally but yeah 2013 yeah. 11 8 14 3 27 6 <laughs> like, so like that's this game needs to be like screenshotted for any coach who wants to like push that message to their team. Be like, hey, trust me, it do- like yeah. the script does play out if we stick at it. 
Yeah, normally it plays out in the form of like, ah, maybe someone has a lapse in concentration when they're knackered. But like, this is like an older team who yeah. are undermanned. And yeah, I don't know, maybe someone like some people are, yeah, maybe you're just, you're going to break down. That's probably what happens. But other side of the ball, did you see, you watched this one, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop asking whether you watch stuff or not, because then we'll, we'll out ourselves by saying no at some point. <laughs> um, no, big game from uh, Jaime Esparza. 22 points, 18 rebounds. Um, oh, 10 assists to our triple-double. Shout out to him. Um, three from four threes, because I was looking at that. Five from 14 oh, from twos is not a big, it does not a big game make, but no. three from four threes. Yeah, no, good for him, man. And shout out, Pete, shout out Pete Cusack getting 12 points up in. This is the most minutes I've seen Pete play all year, to be fair. He normally yeah, kind of... He played well, man. Yeah. But him and Good Tyler are normally like in and out a little bit. Um, and Malaga like to play the uh, Patrick DeBoer and Christoph Casarini in various iterations. So there's not always a huge amount of time for the other mids. But I think both Pete and Tyler Baines had good games in this one. Pressing lineup because yeah. obviously kind of it fell right into their laps, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man, that's decent pressure. We play them next week, and I'm looking at that pressing lineup, being like, ah, I might see that. I dare say you guys might be okay. But mm, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But <laughs> cool. it's, I, I just had a moment of like, we played Burgos yesterday, and we play Malaga next week. It was like, I just see so many young English guys, like <laughs> between Lee, Pete and Tyler. I'm like, ah, I'm spending a lot of time around those guys who were like in Sheffield as I was leaving. Yeah. You're like the tra- trying to make me feel like I'm rehabbing from my surgery again. <laughs> you're like the traveling mentor. That was, the, that was the wildest thing in the world. Like when I came back from that stomach surgery and I was rehabbing in Sheffield and the only sort of, male players that were kicking around at that level were those guys and Callum Doherty and it was just like my getting back up to game speed was playing two on two with those like four absolute just rockets (laughs) four young fellas that just never stopped moving and I was like I don't know if I'm unfit or if I was just like I don't know if I'm just coming back from being in hospital or whether I was just never able to stop these guys. <laughs> but this, this gives me no benchmark of like where I used to be at yeah. all. You're, you're like the old, the old guy who when the ball gets kicked into their garden, instead of giving it back, you knife it because you're like, hey, you're not having this back. <laughs> yeah, I just spent like a month and everyone being like, how's it going? How are you? <laughs> My response was just fat and tired. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Um, should we shift on? Yes, nothing else from that game. So we will move on to the next game. I'm not saying um or ah, uh, Tom. Uh, <laughs> this sounds like I'm really spiteful. Uh, Grand Canary, 84, by the lead, uh, Fundacion Aliados. Sorry, shout out to the sponsors. Uh, 26. So uh, you, could, you could break this down into technical terms of, of many to not many. Yeah, this was very much uh, Space Jam scoreboard territory. Yeah, this was... Have you have you watched this game? Oh, you said you had it on this morning, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of skimmed. Also, Mark is at a competitive advantage for game watching for compared to me on account of the fact that I'm playing one when they're on a lot of the time. So yeah. 
Although, as we'll get to, I got to watch most of our game, so that was fun. (laughs) But, yeah, at one point, so this game was on as we were playing, and I, after our game, we were at home. There's a cafe bar type thing upstairs in the Bilbao uh, venue. So we all go up there afterwards and have a coffee or a drink or whatever people fancy. And... um, Someone came up to me and they were like, oh, my God, have you seen uh, By the Leader beating Grand Canaria? And I was like, what? And he was like, no, what are you joking? It's like 50. <laughs> but it was, yeah. At yeah. one point, they had four of the local players, like they had four Canarians on. They were playing um, David, Raul, Yaisen, Claudio, and then they had Luis Roy, who is from Dorogotha. And I was like, oh, tell me, we're going to get five Canarians at some point. And then we actually... <laughs> They got Bruno in, which was super cool. Shout out to Bruno. He doesn't listen to this, I don't think, obviously. Um, I don't know. I think he speaks English, but Bruno's cool. Um, shout out to all of those guys. Um, obviously, Jorge's back um, after, I don't know whether he had COVID and couldn't travel or what the deal is, but yeah, um, shout out to him. Welcome back. Well, he obviously saw the first game on the schedule was Madiba, and he was like, oh, these guys have probably got this handled without me if we just yeah. play Claudio and Raul enough. They've got it. They've got it sorted. Um, yeah. Um, other thing, no Rose. Um, shout out to Rose. Um, this is what um, I want to get onto with this game because Viadolid's defensive non-rotations were absolutely despicable in this game. And you, you watch this. I'm going to let you go because you messaged me. And we're just like, I'm going to let Viadolid have it. And I was like, we need people to like us. Well, sure. It's ridiculous, man. They- <laughs> Sorry, can I just say, me and Mark were talking about the idea of like slating people on podcasts or on social media or whatever. And I was like, one, we need people to like us. And two, I fundamentally, as a person, absolutely crave people liking me. Yeah. So that's relevant as well. I, th- I think the fact we part ways on that second part <laughs> is like the cause of most of the conflict as to how far we can push things. Yes. <laughs> Um, sure. Sorry, I'll let you go. Mark, no, it's not good. The floor. There was two possessions in the first quarter where Jorge and Ari ran the two-man game and they literally just like, double-jumped Jorge and Ari like rolled to the basket without taking an actual push. He was like, oh, there was defenders in front of me and now there isn't. I've got a layup just here. And he manages to like, hip as yeah, well to the basket. But they their rotations were out of whack and they were giving... They gave Luigi a fade away from the free throw line because he had so much time that he was like, oh, I'm kind of in. Oh, what? Uh, I, I kind of thought someone would be on me right now. And he like shot a fade away, missed it. They got the rebound. And he sat there and they just passed him the ball back. And he then like right in his chair and got the same shot, but not fading away. So I think he'd been in the same spot for about 17 seconds by the time he made the second attempt of the shot. But Rose... Holloman is like the biggest like gravity point probably in the entire Spanish league outside of Terry and she single-handedly pulls rotations out of whack anyway because people are so worried about her being there and like I genuinely shudder to think what Vidalid would have done if she was there because they they couldn't defend the weak side at all even when it was like Raul on the like, no offense to Raul, but he's not Rose Holloman. Like, and he's catching the ball on the weak side and like dribbling for a layup. And it's like, what is going on here? 
They, yeah, that might have been one of the games, like we had, I had a couple of games over the last two years playing with Rose that it was just like, oh, you're going to have 60 today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like the, the single biggest takeaway from this game is I think Rose is back at home in Minnesota. Yes. Um, and she posted a picture of her watching the game and she has an actual old school VCR player in her Minnesota residence, which I assume is her parents' house. And I didn't know people had those anymore. So that was cool to see. Other than that, almost everything from this game was awful. Um, yeah, the, 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 the also the bit that I just remembered is Adrian Perez wasn't there because he has had some sort of medical treatment. I think he had, not, he had a surgery on something. So yeah, I did hope that. he's doing all right. I think he is. I think they posted that he had surgery on something and is doing well. So that's cool. Obviously... He kind of creates a lot of offense from like, well, no, I don't think he creates it. He kind of bails a lot of lack of creating offense for those guys out yeah. when they don't get what they want from stuff. So that would have maybe put them above 26, obviously. But yeah, I'm, so, I'm that's, sorry, that's, man. This, tough, man. This game was was inexcusable from Vitalid. <laughs> I know they're missing that guy, but this was, it was, that it is. That it is, was eight that is four. some terrible stuff, Mike. That might be as harsh as you've been about anyone ever. It's fine. Well, yeah. on on record, like you're oh. horrible about everyone all the time. <laughs> but it was. I've never seen anything like it, man. It was like all games are close at the start, but the first few possessions, I think it was like eight four to Grand Canaria. Yes, and I hadn't seen the score before sitting down to watch the game, so I was like, eh, I can see Viadolid. Not winning this one, but being like they'll hang around and it'll be an eight-point game in like the last five minutes, and then <laughs> it went from eight-four to being fifty-two-fourteen at halftime, and that was because Yelma hit like a long post-up buzzer beater at the halftime buzzer, so it would have been a forty-point advantage at halftime if it hadn't been for that shot. Yeah, that was cool. Shout out to Yelmer. We actually yeah. have a question about Yelmer. That's yeah. a teaser. Um, <laughs> we do, and it's come on a terrible week. <laughs> nah, Yelmer is still the man. If you, um, I've, I've I gone... talk about someone being the man as if it's like a singular thing, but I call everyone the man. Well, we we need to get onto this when we get to the German league because there's a couple of contenders for the belt currently, and we need to decide. Oh my goodness, that needs to be a bit. Yeah. Um, have you anything from the Grand Canaria side or would you like to do any damage control on what I've had to say about Vitalis? Um No. Um, as I say, I think that's like Grand Canaria are one of the best teams in the league this year. Vitalis are sort of on that lower end of the middle yeah. and they're missing their, like one of their two main forwards. I think this is kind of what should happen sort of thing um yeah man it's tough but you when you shoot 24 percent for a game against a team that is going to create better looks than you anyway like naturally and you don't put up much of a fight to stop them that's kind of what's going to happen but yeah grand canary are like very well equipped even without rose to to beat up on teams like this because a lot of a lot of speed, a lot of size, a lot of ball movement. Like they're going to just, if you're not going to rotate well, they're going to find layups all the time. And I like, look, they shot 62% from two. Yeah. But I wonder if you've got, oh yeah, they've got, um, 
what do you call it? They've got a shot chart here on the stats as well, and it's trail. Oh, let's grab it. My favorite, my favorite stat from this game is that Yelmer Van Bruchot played the entire forty minutes and had a plus minus of minus fifty eight because that was the difference in the score. And Jose Luis Robles played thirty nine minutes and forty eight seconds and had a minus fifty six. So do you think after the game, he, I, all all I want out of this game is that he like showed Yelmer the stats and he was like, "Come on, man, you can't be minus fifty eight." <laughs> <laughs> That probably didn't happen, but now this is just one of those games where, like, yeah, blowout one team is kind of on a different level to the other one, and some circumstances yeah. tilted it even further. But yeah, yeah, uh, even then, good, good if, Harry game, six from eleven. Yeah, fair enough. If you'd have told me that they were going into this even without Adrian Perez, who I do think is good and probably underrated because he's been on a kind of middle of the road team for so long. I would not have been like, oh, well, this will be nearly a 60-point difference. Yes. But yeah. It is um, what it is. Yeah. Sorry, Viadolid. Yeah, but it's it's also kind of that thing that I don't know if it makes sense to anyone else, but like I, I've said it before. And like in terms of like blowing someone out, 30 is 40, is 50, is 60. 60 is obviously loads, but like yeah. 30 is 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 bad. Like yeah. it's like when we were guessing score lines for the Euros before it all went weird, I wouldn't go above like 35 because yeah, it's, it's kind of at that point, there's so much that goes into it in terms of sometimes you might get up that much that you rotate, you bring your bench in, then you bring your starters back in because they've only played eight minutes and you don't want them to like be sitting there wasting their time or... Yeah. Or you just stop playing completely and the other team brings their bench in. Or, you know what I mean? You could end up with starters against bench. For yeah. it, You know, there's so many like weird variables when it comes to a, a game that's that much of a blowout 20 minutes in that it could have been like 30 or it could have been 65. Like, Sure. I mean, to be fair, going by your years in Gran Canaria, the fact that they were up by enough that their coach felt comfortable putting the bench in at all is kind of not a good sign. Yeah, he was like, hey. I'm just happy that they got five Canarians on the floor at once. That's that's amazing. And yeah, shout out to Canarian people. Shall we shift on to your game? Yes, against Bilbao 72, Sevilla's Burgos 49. I just decided that using the real names is probably the right thing to do because the, the, the people that sponsored the teams have probably put a few quid into <laughs> having their name read, yeah. not here, but somewhere. Um, yeah, so this one happened following the news that Burgos had made a couple of mid-season signings in um, Dion Kim and forgive me because the other Korean fella's name isn't added to the stat sheet yet. In fact, this these stats exist as if those people aren't there yet. So I'm going to look at this guy's name while we vamp. Um, but yeah, Would you like so- me to vamp, vamp on account of having been there? Yeah, you can do. Um, yeah, hell of a game. We were missing David Maurice and Albert Esteche um, for various COVID and travel restriction related reasons. Um, and so we didn't have the, what do you call it, the, the, the two five 
the four four two five two two lineup to go to. Yeah, really. So we came out with four bigs. Excuse me, four bigs and Mariana Perez, which would kind of be our second lineup most of the time, and just got off to a flyer. Uh, we were first quarter was only sixteen twelve, but at one point I think it was like we were up about 10 in that in the middle of that first quarter. And I was like, this is either 20 to six at the end of the first, or they bring it back. I think that was it. It was like 14, six at one point. And I was like, we either put it to 20 or they score the next six points. And it, 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 that's the way it went. But yeah, that was the big thing. I was just like, are we capable of just being like, yeah, this game's over. But yeah. Man, another unbelievable ACR game because I didn't think even think he was going to play because he's been out all week. Um, he literally came back on Friday from isolation and was like, "Yeah, here we go." Let's. Do I imagine it. he saw the. Um, I imagine he saw the announcement of the Korean guy signing and had like his own personal Rocky montage. I was like, "Hey." He maybe he's seen all the stuff about me being on the Burgos bandwagon and proclaiming them the possible winners of the league after these guys sign. I don't even think he knows you exist. Probably not. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't think he do. I don't think he. He certainly doesn't care about this podcast. But I don't know if he makes if he knows exist. No, he's a big fan of Kim. Yeah, <laughs> he told me this. He was like, "I think Kim's classy." Well, he is, <laughs> he is, and he is. But no, the SEO thing is like I didn't even know he was going to play or not because I didn't know if he'd be back. And obviously, he's been like in and out of couple of different games since before Christmas for like the the shoulder or whatever but yeah. I wasn't sure he was going to play because of that and then I heard that he was going to show up to like try and give us some rotation minutes is how I thought it was going to be described as um hey I'll show up in case coach doesn't feel comfortable yelling at these guys play by play and then the thing was which made sense to me he was like hey if I'm sort of iced out and haven't played in a while and like I'm a bit like playing through pain or whatever maybe if I go and get warmed up starting makes sense and then I'll give you as much as I can and then he played 33 minutes and had 24 15 and 11 what a guy <laughs> which is insane but yeah literally like the whole time I was like he's coming out soon he's coming out soon like he fell in the middle of the first quarter near the end of the first quarter and like landed on his bad shoulder at one point I was like eh, it's this is it man like he's done and then he just kept playing and then anytime we sent another four like we obviously we played three fours Manu and Mariana in our bigs lineup and then second half we came out with me and Biel Garbo, who is he plays for Barcelona, but there's a thing in the Spanish league that you can kind of like I don't know how you would describe it, but basically you can kind of like <laughs> take someone from one of the lower leagues. I think it might be just I don't know whether it's just young people or not, but you can take them for living work experience <laughs> practically. Now it's you, you basically yeah you can call them up and they can kind of come and get experience in a um like the, on our team like the um, nba with the g league 10 day yeah basically and yeah. like he came and he played in our game for our game against the union in november oh, and sounds. he obviously we were missing two midpointers so he last minute was able to come in and do us a big favor and get involved and he played well 
played a good 15 minutes, 13 minutes, sorry. Did he travel um, over from Barcelona at short notice then? Yeah, I think it like we like had spoken to him during that during this week. Oh, and legend. he came in and yeah, he played well. He's looks like he's he's a young guy, he looks like he's gonna be real good at some point. He's already pretty good and he's like 19 years old, man. Yeah. Good, good player, good lad. And yeah, give us some good minutes, which was cool. So me and him came in. But then every time we re-rotated our fours, like I would see Asso or Gemma, whoever wasn't on the floor at that point, with Asier coming to the table, I was like, ah, Asier's going to come out. And it was just them two taking turns. And I was like, what is happening here? But he would have said if he wanted to come out, obviously. So yeah, yeah, whatever. He, yeah, he did he did some good stuff and also came on the other side of the ball is the absolute man. Yeah. Um, so this was <laughs> when we saw the, obviously I've made it like my shtick here to do the whole Burgos thing. Every time there's a, a game, they probably won't win. I call them to win it because we had the infamous Madiba thing on the first ever um, Sunday episode we did. Um, yeah. But yeah, when I saw those signings, I was like, I'm just going to throw myself into this fully and I'm going to proclaim Burgos as the champions to be. And then I th- asked you if you'd seen it and you're like, yeah, we have to play them and we'll be missing Asia, David, and Murray. And um, <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I've spent all season jokingly stumping for Burgos and now you might be in the situation where you have like a depleted team going against a reinforced team. And I was just going to have to jump on here and decide to like fully exalt them and be like, uh, I told you they were the best. Team. So that would have been grim if you were right. Yeah. No, I was so glad. This. So glad you guys got the win. Cause I really didn't fancy bigging up Burgos this morning. If you guys had lost to them. Um, um, yeah. So Dion Kim and the other fellow's name is Kim Giok. I've probably butchered that, but. I don't speak Korean, so that's the best I can give. Um, so, yeah, they're there. Uh, obviously didn't help Burgos a whole lot in this one. Um, they got a really, really weak game from Andre Macek, which almost never happens. He was three from 17. Yeah, the whole time we were talking about him, I was like, he will shoot 18 shots and he will make nine of them because that's yeah. what he does all the time. Like he's always about 10 from 20. Yeah. <laughs> but now we jumped the life out of him and he kind of struggled because didn't get good picks or whatever. But yeah. Um, like I don't think it was a thing of like, I don't think they leveraged the fact that we jumped him so readily. I don't think they leveraged that into an advantage enough um, for picking or who- sort of per positioning off help coming towards it, or I don't really... What it's do you not see my job the, to fix their problems, but... Yeah. yeah. What do you see the Burgos ceiling being now with the Korean guys in? Because I think you, you mentioned Callum Doherty a minute ago, but he, I think, has parted ways. Somebody, yes, they have. Said. They have parted ways, correct. Right. He's left for whatever, like, I don't know, but yeah. Um, but... So, well, what was I going to say? Ah, well, they can run. I was going to say they can run what they started with, which was uh, Machek, Lee, uh, Friar, Arredondo, Kim, and 
The Lithuanian kid start as well. Yeah, the Lithuanian kid. Eric Um But yeah, so that's that's all right, obviously. Like you've got two guys there that maybe aren't world beaters, but I think they could I think they could surprise someone who who is all right. Like I think you're I don't know, man, Burgos might nick a game off someone thing. <laughs> like <laughs> I think now you might be right. I don't know. They were not great against us. They're kind of still just like Kim was cool. Um, also, they've got they've just got Kim down as someone else in here. Which yeah, is that's what I was trying to work out. I, um, Alvaro, I scanned Alonso, the whole um, stat sheet there. I was like, there is definitely no Korean names on there. And I thought that bottom stat line was Kim's, but I was like, I'm almost sure Kim De Jong's name does not include Alvarez at any point. No, but that's he played number 61. But yeah, that's our stats. Our stats have been weird. Like our last game we played, I played two minutes, even though I played like 35 and someone else played 58 but yeah um yeah kim looked good he had 17 um we obviously really keyed in on him because he's the man but i don't know man i think they could at least scare someone half decent yeah how many it's do you reckon just whether they i don't know um, <laughs> it's just whether they actually sort of format it all correctly because they've got a lot of no they've got some pieces yeah cool but they did a lot of like Game on the block for Matchek and the Lithuanian guy in the middle, which is not yeah exactly optimal pl- uh, placement of your players. Yeah, but, n- nobody's going to be too worried. I think I actually saw one of the clips, <laughs> the game where Lee reversed it to Erikas at the top, and he like caught it, and it was like it was as close to someone taking a free throw in the live action of the game is that it because literally everybody lined up and like, oh, we'll just watch him shoot this so yeah, yeah. No, it was two from three man like he like he shot three of those and two of them went in so like fine but he'll have to make a lot more two from threes happen before any anyone bothers to stop it yeah i think the other thing they can run is they can go lee um arredondo the two korean guys and maria cruz right okay which like i don't know that takes my check off the floor which is not not you want to do but essentially he's he's most of their shooting so i'd be surprised if they went away from him too heavily yeah but on yeah on, on our side of the ball Asier was great. Everyone else kind of picked up the pieces. Shout out to Biel Carbo for showing up and getting more experience in the big leagues. And yeah, he, I think he's going to be the man. Um, Shall we jump to Germany? Sure. Let's let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so first up, we have got... Should we do the Dirk Passavan game? Because we've got Dolphins and Thuringia Bulls. Okay, let's do it. Um, so they had 60 by the end of the game. Yeah. I'm going to guess that he had 28 of those. Oh, you're so close. He had 26. Ah, man. Um, Patrick Dorner had 20. I think that's the second decent game Patrick Dorner's had in a row. He had yeah, 22, man. and I think that might... I genuinely think that might be the most points by anyone who's not Dirk Passavan all year from Trier. It, it looks like it. Yeah, man. Good game. Yeah. Um, 
I caught a little bit of this and it was 12 nil Thuringen to start the game. And then, um, so I watched that and I was like, well, this is over. And I just had it playing in the background while I was making breakfast. And looking back, it then was like 30 to 40 at one point before I turned it off. And I was like, this could actually be like if they went down 10 and they've basically hung with them since then, maybe Trier have it in them to hang with the ring. But similar to what we talked about with the Malaga and uh, Las Rosas game, if you're spending your entire first half hanging within 10 points, there's probably not a huge chance that's going to get a lot better in the second half when you've got quite a limited number of people available. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that ended up being 90 to 60 for throwing us. So, 23 for Alex Haluski, um, 20 for Dylan Fishback, um, 12 for Vahid. Oh, 13 for Carlos Podniaks as well. Shout out to him. Yeah, man. As Yannick called him, the most yoked man in wheelchair basketball. Oh, it's insane. <laughs> he's, he's so, so, so ripped. What is he doing playing basketball? Man? He should be lifting stuff and not like weights. He should be like, he should should be like saving lives by lifting cars off people. <laughs> That's such a mad thing to be like, you're wasting your talents. Why aren't you saving lives? That's so much to put on someone who's just trying to play sport professionally. Like, yeah. come on, man. Maybe that was unfair. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it was. Yeah, man. Um, Trier are fun because they never seem like they should be able to hang in, but then they ultimately do because Passavan's great. But it's the Thuringian thing where. I still to this day I don't know the last time I saw anyone have a scoring run against Thuringen. No, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I don't that's, know. That's a great observation. I've never really thought about that, but no, they are quite good at being like, "No, this is over now. Like you, you're you're done here." Yeah, like we, we, you can chip away and we'll keep your arms length, and then at some point we will go on a run because we have more talent and players than you. And that's not even a dig at Trier. That's the case in ninety nine percent of games. Yeah, yeah, they've just got so much like versatility, and like I'm looking at the stats here. Like I didn't get to watch this game, as I say, because I was, I was playing. But no yeah. Jordi, um, points. No, no Yitzka by the looks of it. Two files, so she was there. Oh, she um, was. But was no Jordi. Jordi has no stats, which when you get to ninety, I I imagine doesn't yeah. happen. So I don't know whether he's not there for whatever reason, but. Doing that without him is is something. Yeah. Yeah, man. 23 from Holyski, as you say. 20 from Dylan Fishback, too. Big game from him. Yeah. The um, fact that we... I think it was last week we got the question about is Geordie the best two and a half in the world? And it's like, well, probably objectively, yes. Um, although we did miss out Renshi Chokai in the conversation who was just MVP at the last Paralympics, which is we're a Europe, big miss from us. We're Europe-centric and... Japanese games aren't easy enough to access or probably good enough quality of opposition for us to watch him as often as we are able to see Jordy. So, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I guess the thing is like going off league games that we have watched, yes, but going off the last international tournament, that guy was the man. He had like a 28 point double double in a massive game that he didn't even start, <laughs> like in the semis, which is nuts. Yeah. But 
so, yeah. um, correction section. We didn't even mention him. So sorry for being so Europe centric. Probably is is picking Jordy Spain centric or German centric? <laughs> well, Jordy's played everywhere at this point, so he's like a European basketball nomad. Catalan centric, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact that we like agreed on whether we were right or not is up for debate. But we agreed on Jordy being the MVP or the best two and a half in the world. Sorry. And then he isn't able to make that game. And his team, like, hey, don't worry, we'll win by 30 anyway, <laughs> is like throwing it in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, next one. I don't know what's happened here, but there's no stats for the Skywheelers versus Hanover United game. Um, we have very recently become quite big Hanover fans because we've got a couple of Hanover-based guests lined up, one of which will be on will be being recorded on Tuesday. So we've been keeping an eye. There's no stats for this game, but it was a 56-45 win for Hanover over ING Skywheelers. Um, Skywheelers have some all right players. Uh, Kim Robbins is there now, which I've not actually watched them since he joined. They've got him, Nico Dreimuller, Katarina Lang isn't as good in the men's league as she is when she plays for the German women, but They've got enough guys. They kept that game competitive, but Hanover are ultimately pretty good, and they won this one even without it being a particularly strong game from them. Like this, they weren't up to the standard that they were against Wiesbaden last week, but double-digit win. So shout out to those guys, and they wear orange and black as well, which is our branding colors. So I feel like we we need to keep them in the good books in case we need to hang a banner anywhere. This is about us, yes. <laughs> Once again, I'm coming to you saying this is about us. No, um, yeah, man, not a whole lot to say about this. Yeah, sorry, so, guys. We've got so we've got these games saved for the last two um, because we've got our contenders for the belt in these ones. Do you want to do Hamburg and Wiesbaden? Do I? Okay. Um, yes. Uh, Hamburg 73, Wiesbaden 56. So if you only, if you were a wheelchair basketball fan who slipped into a coma a while back and you woke up from the coma last weekend, <laughs> we would wish you well. We would wish you well. <laughs> if, if you watched Hamburg last weekend and this weekend with no prior evidence, you would not in a million years believe they're second from the bottom in the German league because they've had a 90-point game uh, last week. I think that was against Munsterland, I can't remember. Um, Trier. Trier. Uh, Trier, I love giving up 90. Um, that was such an interesting game because it was just like Moji Kamali absolutely doing the business on the other end and then the, and the Hamburg coming down the other end of the floor, double-teaming... Um, uh, Dirk Passawan and just being like, all right, four on three, let's see what happens. Yeah. It was so, it was so weird. It was such a like, just like, like weird experience to watch, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so they had that game where they dropped 90 on Trier and then they beat Wiesbaden, who I think uh, you can't, you probably couldn't look at the teams and make an argument for, um, Hamburg being 17 points better on paper than Wiesbaden are. But no, and the thing was like Hanover versus Wiesbaden was like who's the third best team 
in the league yeah. and they lost it. So in theory, are they the fourth best team in that league? And then Hamburg have just yeah. taken it to them. But, if you, but yeah, going back to my idea of only seeing those two games, you would think that Moji Kamali might be the best wheelchair basketball player to ever live if you caught the last two Hamburg games. It's ridiculous, man. He has been unbelievable. Like he's he's awesome. And this game was like one of the better shooting displays I've ever seen. It was just oh, yeah. buckets all over the show. Um unbelievable. So, so yeah, we'll run through stats real quick. So from the Wiesbaden side, Louis Hardouin with 20. Uh, 14 for Aaron Young, 11 for Matthias Guntner, who I'm always surprised by the size of, no matter how many times I watch him. He's a big man. <laughs> He's gigantic. Uh, our guy Chase Wolf with five, and then both Jim Palmer and Nico Damiano with two points each. Jim. Um, so, Love you, Jim. Um, a couple of, <laughs> couple of things from this. Kais Evan with no points, which is a bit mad. Um, he's been a little bit quiet. I think he didn't have a massive impact in the Hanover game last week either. Mm. Um, so I think we spoke about what was up with the Wiesbaden offense, but I think they're just lacking balance and ultimately they're kind of lacking production from their bigs. If Heiss and Matthias Guntner are only scoring 11 combined points in a yeah. game, like Louis and Aaron do most of their damage from outside, obviously. So yeah. they've got to find a way to balance that out. And Aaron had an absolutely mad finish at one point on Ayaka and put the clip up, but Aaron had an absolutely mad finish, which is very cool. Go and watch that. Um, yeah, the opening Wiesbaden possession of this game, Jim cut underneath the basket and caught the ball like with his head under the ring. Yeah. And he's left-handed, so it would have seemed the obvious move to go to a left-hand reverse scoop. And instead, he shot with the form of a normal layup, but knowing the basket was behind him. So he shot like an up over his head backwards. Like I love that. just so went straight much. up. In the, he, he didn't make it, but I was so excited. <laughs> like, I, I think... It's like a... Yeah, like literally as if you were throwing something onto your shelf that's behind you. Um, I love that. But yeah, it, it was so weird. And I was kind of, I was like trying to watch various things at various times. So I think my eyes were like darting around and I was like, hang on, did I see that? <laughs> like jump back. I was like, oh yeah, Jim genuinely did attempt that. Good for him. Um, I respect it. Jim's the man. Jim can finish. He can. So yeah, as we mentioned, Hamburg side... Moji Kamali with 27. Uh, 14 from Kai Mola, who I've not, I feel like I've not seen a lot of. I I think he's a decent player. I kind of forget he, I don't think he's involved with the German national team anymore, is he? So I've, yeah. I've not caught a lot of him. He looked good this game, man. He looks, yeah, man. Good it game. surprises me that there aren't more teams trying to snag him away from Hamburg because he's a decent finishing mid. But yes. maybe he's. I wonder if he's like well set up there and whatever. Yeah, I think he's from there originally, and I think he did go away and then come back. So I wonder if he's like, I live here now. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then yeah, fourteen more from both Martin Steinhardt and Ali Amadi. 
So three players on fourteen. This is like I was gonna think last time when we said that like big game from the three Yans. My question was gonna be how many like when was the last time three people with the same name had this many combined points? <laughs> my question this time is like, what do you think the most amount of players on the same number of points on a team has been that isn't zero, obviously? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. We should it's not one that people who stat wheelchair basketball keep enough of a record to be able to answer like that's not something that we have the stats for but also the information is probably ultimately pretty pointless oh absolutely but so is everything (laughs) like okay so (laughs) okay the question at this (laughs) point all right james (laughs) does moji kamali hold the belt as of right now um i think we should keep this as a bit that we do but not elaborate as to what the belt is and just say yes. Because okay. if we put a title on it, like best player in the world or blah, 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 then it gets weird. But if we just go, this guy has the belt until someone else has it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fun. So yeah, Moji Kamali has the belt. Wicked. Okay, counterpoint. This is, this is fun. I like it. Counterpoint to the belt. So this might go down as outside of the... I think the Gran Canaria Vidalid scoreline was shocking. I don't think the result was shocking. Um, so this one in, as we mentioned earlier, wheelchair basketball's favorite traveling theme park, Munsterland and Cologne. This was an 82-58 win for Munsterland, which if anyone says they saw coming, possibly outside of the Munsterland players and coaches themselves, I think you might be lying. And if the players and coaches did see it coming, then excellent work on your game plan and general execution. Um, So this might be, I have never in my life, apart from kind of gleaning these stats, never heard anyone mention Soren Muller of BBC Munsterland. He had 41 points. (laughs) Yes, sir. Like, Unbelievable. As I say, it's going to be it. just from like doing this podcast leading to watching more German games from teams that aren't Landil and Duringen, um, like has led me to be like, oh yeah, this guy, but 41, man. Yeah. This was considering the um Colin's go to kind of the whole thing is Joe Bezwick has the ball for the majority of the game. They play the big Turkish fella, Bulut Kodal, quite a lot. And they have another big that they change in and out with him. So Cologne's entire game is kind of elbow mismatches and whatever comes off of them. And Munsterland were basically like, hey, we've got a guy who can outscore you on elbow mismatches on his own, but only for one game his entire life. <laughs> I, I have no idea what's going his on. entire life? Come on, man. I don't know if that's well, true. That's based entirely off the fact I've never seen him have this stat line before. I think there's been a couple of games in the history of these Sunday roundups where we've been like, oh, and this guy chipped in 10 to 12. Um, If they had FIBA live stats, we'd be able to click a link and go, well, actually, throughout the season, he's done this, that, and the other. But they don't. So, So, sehr gut, Germany. Um, What does that mean? Very good. Thanks. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Matthias Bellas is normally 
Mutsalam's main guy, I think it's fair to say, and he got away with only having to put up 20. Although I think I did see possibly Ayakaposi had a triple double as well. So shout out to him. You mean Matthias Bellows? Is that not what I said? You said good. Oh, sorry. Matthias Bellows. Um, so yeah, shout out to him. And this definitely isn't the case, but they have a guy in the stat sheet here whose name is Julian or Julian, maybe in German, Lammering. And his name has an underscore STB at the end, which I'm almost sure can't be in names. Yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. <laughs> so we'll we'll assume that his name is Julian Lammering. He had 13 as well. Um, so yeah, massive. Like obviously, Cologne and Munsterland playing each other and there being an upset win between the two of them probably doesn't shake the league standings up massively, but it might make a big difference to one of those teams staying up or down. Or I would imagine not. But uh, like, so off the back of that, if we're because I think this makes uh, Soren Muller the contender for the belt, if not the outright holder of the belt. How many are we calling for him to have against Landil following his game of his life today? 42. <laughs> Can you imagine? If he if he gets 40 again, he gets the belt for the rest of his life. Yeah, he gets it stitched on. Yeah. No, I, I I just I remember talking to Yannick about them playing. Wasn't it Yannick playing... Um, the Trier and being like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed that um, that uh, Passuan had 40 whatever, considering yeah. that our whole, or it was 30 something that time, considering our whole week was spent being like, this guy doesn't go off. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe that's what happens. We spend the whole week being like, and Soren Muller does not go off. And then he has 42. So I'm calling it. What a guy. Uh, I'm going to call him to come back down to earth a little bit and have like 30. Yeah, if if he doesn't come back down to earth, then we need to seriously like re reevaluate the rankings of best players in the world immediately. Yes. Um, so yeah. Um, does he have the belt? Uh, I think so. I I think the Kamal. This probably isn't how the belt should work, but the Moji Kamali thing has been going on week in and week out. That him having twenty seven in an impressive win is less impressive than a guy we don't know having forty, which is nonsense but i feel like the belt doesn't have that many hard and fast rules that we yeah can't. no i don't i don't want it to be a concrete thing or else yeah. it gets it gets weird quite quickly and it gets like yeah the, the, i don't know i don't want there to be anything to this so yeah, yeah. Philip, um sorry sword miller congrats you have the belt okay shall we that's all the games out of the way shall we hit questions cool let's hit questions okay uh, so we put out on instagram asked for some questions and some of you sent some good ones in, so thanks. Um, Mark, have you got them in front of you? Because I do, I have. if not. Cool. So Ayaka asked, which games did you watch? I feel like we might have covered that. Um, yeah, I watched <laughs> all of the ones in the Spanish League. Uh, Mark watched all of them, full stop. More or less, yeah. <laughs> if... If Ayaka had got this far in the episode and still needed to ask which which games you watch, I feel like we really haven't done our job up to this point. Yeah, well, I haven't done my job in that I didn't watch four of the games that we spoke about. But your job's being the boots on the ground. It's fine. Yeah, to be fair. Thanks. Cool. Okay. Okay. Why do some players have one back caster slash anti tip caster and some two? Does it give you more balance leaning back? I guess maybe. I've always. I did have two anti-tips on a chair when I was young. 
because I I heard the weight distribution was better for the frame of the chair. I don't I can't remember who told me that. Um, but then I got measured up for my next one after that, and I think Colin Price measured me up and was like, "You are absolutely not heavy enough to need double anti tips." So I think it's there's something to do with length of seat and how the weight gets distributed in your so like how bigs have a short seat mm. it's better for them to have two anti-tips because the weight's being the weight of their bodies put on the seat through a smaller area so you distribute it through two anti-tips and it balances you better and then lows yeah. obviously have I a wondered if it was balance and power distribution to the floor yeah, because so much such- of, so much of chair setup is like how much of your push goes from your arms to the wheels on the floor? Yeah, like we were, think... we had a full conversation yesterday at our game about like heavier chairs not being the worst thing in the world for some people. Yeah, because it puts all of your power onto the ground and keeps it there. Yeah, I think the there's probably a ton of science to the anti tip thing and why the um, why it's done the way it is. But I think the rule of thumb is probably two backcasters for bigs and one for lows unless anyone feels like they need it the other way around for their own purposes if anyone who makes chairs and listens to this wants to tell us why cool yeah we we should probably know our stuff on chairs as well as basketball nah Mendel also asks dump or bucket Uh, it's called bucket in the UK it's called dump in the states that refers to the um, the difference in height between the front of a cushion in a sports wheelchair and the back of a cushion in a sports wheelchair. Oh, right, the low pointers will sit with their their knees higher than their butt. Yeah, I've, um, ne- I've never heard it called dump before. Uh, yeah, Yangs call it dump, which is funny. <laughs> dump dump is funny. But then when you get reverse bucket, when you have the back of your seat higher than the front of your seat as a forward to be able to like sit up and be slightly more downhill, calling it reverse dump is the funniest thing in the world. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, dump for Americans, bucket for, um, for people in and around the UK, I would say. And then I don't know if anyone... I guess if you're in mainland Europe and English is your second language, it probably just depends what you heard first. Yeah. Or whether you went to the States or whatever, I think. But I don't yeah, know. I, I'd, I'd never heard to me in terms until... of like depth inside something. But yeah. So yeah, I read Dump or Bucket from Mendel and I assumed it was like assist or get your own basket because dump being like dump off pass. Ah uh, well, yeah. If that if if that was the question, I'm a big fan of a forward like dribbling off a pick, seeing a one pointer inside, faking a pass, and just pulling it. But that wasn't <laughs> the question. But I think that's so cool all the time, just being yeah. like one dribble, you're open. Ah, <laughs> so am I. But yeah, okay, cool. Um, this one's aimed at you from Dylan. Does James think Joe Rogan's dad sells Avon? <laughs> so last time we put out for questions this was asked to me before we I mean too late basically yeah. we, we'd recorded before we were able to answer it because I I said something disparaging about Joe Rogan and then I think my wife um, tweeted it 
and they'll like that must have been or maybe i've been on record on this podcast as being like joe rogan is bad but um yeah so dylan asked me what i have against joe rogan and it's probably yeah i could go quite long on this but i will keep it short i think he is i think he is poison for young men's brains i think uh he has a lot of power on a very big platform like Spotify bought the exclusive rights to his podcast for half a billion dollars and he uses it to spout information about COVID among other things he uses it to give right like far right commentators a lot of platform and leeway to say whatever they want and he like which if that's your thing like if you're like Infowars or whatever cool but saying that you got to hear both sides of something when one side is like intolerance yeah <laughs> is not really for me and i also think that he'll do a lot of that in the interest of balance and he'll have people on and he will just kind of in inverted commas i don't know man his way through not actually calling people up on stuff like he's had people like ben shapiro on who i think is is terrible He's had Jordan Peterson on, who I think has written some books that has said some things about psychology that have helped people, but he's also like come out and been transphobic and thisphobic and that phobic. And I don't really, uh, we don't play that stuff here. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. He also kind of fakes expertise and a lot of stuff. Like he really knows his stuff about UFC and mixed martial arts in general and fighting and, He's had some stand-up comedy specials that I used to think I, I thought were funny and he's good at some of the stuff he does. But I don't know, he just uses his podcast to like spread misinformation and it kind of leans all a bit too far right for me. And that's not to say that if you are the fan of right-wing politics, we don't want you here at all. It's just when you go that far that you're kind of giving three-hour podcasts to people who have very clearly said racist or transphobic or homophobic things in the past and you're just kind of shrugging or laughing your way through the interview like I, I just don't think it's very healthy and like I've kind of warned like I've got like younger male cousins who have like warned off about stuff before and I just yeah I actually ended up going quite long on this sorry but no, I think he kind of puts some bad stuff out into the world on a very popular platform that he doesn't use responsibly and i also think he lets other people put stuff out there like did you see the thing the other day where he had a it was what two weeks ago now he had a scientist on and he was like i don't know man i heard um that for young men or young boys or like teenage but i don't remember the age i think it was like teenage boys um the covid vaccine can cause this heart problem and the scientist who was on in front of him was like, yeah, but getting COVID has been proven to cause that problem eight times more. And he's like, I don't know if that's true. And the guy was like, it is, look it up. <laughs> then he has this research assistant and podcast producer beside him who Googles things and pulls it up live. He's like, yeah, me pull that up. And he read it and he was like, ah, oh, I don't know, but do we not say like young, but and he was like, yeah, we said like 15 years old. And he was like, the age range was 12 to 17. It was like, okay, 15 then. And he was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But where are they getting this information from? And like, that's the problem yeah. with someone who considers themselves either a skeptic or a conspiracy theorist or whatever. You can 
I don't know, man, look into it. You can be skeptical about anything. Like if you just decide yeah. that you don't trust stuff, but yeah, sorry. So misinformation yeah. is rife on that podcast and he is a platform to kind of quite far right thinkers who I really disagree with on a lot of stuff. And I think whether you can agree or disagree with them factually, I think I would prefer to be empathetic and not horrible to people. Yeah. So yeah, okay. sorry guys. No, you came here for wheelchair basketball and you kind yeah. of got semi-politics, semi-sociological, semi-misinformation. I don't know what that is. A couple of very quick points to loop, to loop it back. You mentioned him faking expertise, and I think this is very much a case of it takes one to know one because there's not, if anyone fakes expertise week to week, it's probably us. Um, yeah, not on, not on, not on stuff that, that, that involves people's lives, I guess. But yeah. Um, and secondly, you mentioned Ben Shapiro. Does this mean you won't be buying Ben Shapiro's book with um, Orlando Magic player Jonathan Isaac about why Jonathan Isaac is a black man who doesn't believe black lives matter? Uh, I will not be doing that. No. I really want Random to. Ben Shapiro fact. He is the cousin of Mara Wilson who played Matilda in the movie. Matilda. Exceptionally random fact. Um, also, she's great and super, like, super lefty. And, and it's real funny that she yeah, just, she like, will. my cousin who shall not be named said this. And I think he's terrible. Um <laughs> The Jonathan Isaac thing, if anyone is interested, he's the guy who plays for the Orlando Magic and when the NBA did the Black Lives Matter protests, he refused to kneel or wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and he has now written a book called Why I Stand. I've seen one quick excerpt of it where he compares himself to Che Guevara and... Oh, I don't. Oh, oh my! I, okay. I really want to read it, but I don't want to buy it, have it in my house, or ultimately give it to a charity shop because I think anyone who gives that kind of book to a charity shop is doing like a public disservice. So I'm gonna have to read it somehow because I'm like, you know, be like, you'll be able to download stuff. a PDF of it for free somewhere. You are, sorry, you'll be able to download a PDF of it. For free. <laughs> I do not condone illegally downloading. Uh, other people's intellectual property. I also don't condone reading that book, so whatever. Yeah. Right, okay. On to the next one. Um, oh, sorry, Dylan. I, I, I hope you're not a massive Joe Rogan fan and this hasn't burst your bubble in any way. I assume not, but also um, if you want to talk about it, cool. <laughs> right. From Mendel, how much love do you all have for Yelma Van Brunschot? Uh, Yelmer's cool, man. One, Yelmer is a cool guy. Two, when we played them last week, I was like, man, Yelmer is massive and very strong and powerful and quick. And it's like, he's one of these guys that looks like he's like completely just standing in his chair. And I don't mean standing off his seat. I mean, his chair is set up in a way that he is just sat very like vertically. So yeah. it looks like it would be impossible to be very mobile, but he's super quick because he's jacked, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Yelmer's good. Um, I've, I've never met him, but he has gotten better year on year. And also to say that the Dutch people we know best, well, I don't know Ari, but you know Ari, uh, Mendel and Ari, they kind of don't live up to the Dutch stereotype of being exceptionally tall with blonde hair. So it's good that 
um, Yelmer's holding it down for the Dutch people who look like caricatures of Dutch people. It's really funny because my entire lived experience of Dutch people is like tall and curly dark hair. So yeah, well, that's what you mean. But there is um there is a thing though that apparently being it's like I guess it falls in with like Swedish or Scandinavian that like apparently being tall and blonde is the Dutch thing. Oh, okay. So I cut. Well, it might be. I've definitely heard that. But yeah, there are a lot of. We can like rattle off the um, Dutch men's team. It's like Mendel, Ari, Matthias, Robin, who are all like just curly brown hair. I wonder what the genetics are in the Dutch thing that makes that happen. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Dutch people are allowed to look however they want. But yeah, so, our experience of it is curly brown hair. Um, yeah, man, Yelmer's cool. Um, and as you say, like he's young and still managing to develop year on year and considering he ended up in the Spanish league because he went to Badajoz because they played against him I think in a year league the year previous and we're like oh this guy yeah this guy took it to us we need him he's very cool and it's cool that he like obviously moved on from Badajoz whether he moved on or they moved him on whatever like he moved on and is like he seemed to find a a good home in Valladolid and yeah man Hopefully they get some more pieces around him in the next couple yeah, so of years. A, a good home, which he following yesterday's game, he might be looking for a way out of. Yeah, I think he's going to be good, man. Like as he's like he's a beast, like he's massive and yeah. uh, he's super strong and good finisher on mismatches and stuff. Like it'd be cool to see how he develops in the next couple of years. But yeah, right. big fan and big fan of the fact that he is a good guy. As far as I'm aware, yeah. I'd say as far as I'm aware, I mean in my interactions with him, he's been super cool, which we're a fan of <laughs> literally the only problem for him is that he is of a nationality where all their players are like fours and four fives like i that think is he, a problem. he didn't make the europeans this last time out because it's yeah. like matthias is me but also uh, it makes sense like matthias mendel heiss harry i guess um yeah, they're, they're just stacked on. Yeah, on. if their second one develops, yeah, hypothetically, yeah. they could go Yelmer, Mendel, Ari, Frank, and the other one whose name I don't know. Sorry. No, I don't know. Um, he went from like, who's this guy to like, oh, he's actually playing in some lineups for them. Yeah. In the Euros, which is cool. So if he's so, yeah, developed shout out, that quickly. Shout out to Yelmer. Um, last question from Mendel, which... We probably should have touched on this anyway, but any cool new guests coming up? Um, yes. Uh, so that if you're full stop. No, we've reached out to a lot of the people that were mentioned on our Instagram stories. And if we haven't reached out to you yet, you yet it's because we are, are going to at some point, but we didn't want to reach out to 20 odd people, say yes to all of them, and then be like, okay, in three months time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are having a guest on Tuesday. Yep. Um, should we tease it or should we just say it's Mariska Bayer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we should tease it. Um... <laughs> oh no! Um, oh, I'm not going to edit that. That would be funny. No, that's great. Just been like um... it is, and then put in the bossa nova music again. Um, so yeah, uh, Mariska is coming on the podcast on Tuesday, and. We're very excited and we're going to put out some questions. So if you have any cool things you want to ask her to guide the podcast rather than 
<laughs> that's I love what we want to know. Let us know what you want to know, and we can take it that way instead, so we don't have to do any work. I love that we're saying this to like Mendel's asked us this. It's like, hey, you know that person who's from the same country as you. Let us know if you need us to ask her anything. This like, is a Dutch podcast only. No, yeah. um, we are big Dutch. We're big fans of Dutch people, apparently. Yeah. Um, and speaking yeah. of Dutch people, last question is from Ari, who asked, why is James playing with number 17? I'm playing with number 17 because... Uh, I don't have any massive attachment to a certain number. I was given 14 the first time, just randomly, the first time I ever played for GB. So I tried to keep it. And then when I got towards the men's team, for, men's team you're just kind of given whatever number is free based went, on who gets selected or not. You went and, up to Lee Manning and was like, could I have number 14, please? And he was like, no, uh, no, that's not. So I, I don't care that much. And then... Uh, going to Tokyo, I was a reserve, so was number 17, which I had also previously played in Sheffield. Yeah. Because randomly. I was just given a number, I wasn't yeah. asked. And so I got to Bilbao, 14 was already taken. And I was like, yeah, 17 will do. Um, also, Ari wants me to say it's because it's his number. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How big of a deal do you have to be before you can show up to whatever team you're newly joining and being like, I'll have that number you're wearing? I don't know. Um, Who can do that? Not a clue. My favorite thing in the world was when James Harden got traded to the Nets. Who was it? It was number 13 there already. Uh, I don't remember. Neither do I, but he just, like, as soon as the deal went through, he tweeted them, and it was like, hey, let me get that 13, bro. <laughs> and I assume he'd spoken to him about it already. <laughs> and the guy tried to sell it to him. So he yeah, tweeted I- a picture of someone with a duffel bag full of money and also honey buns. <laughs> I actually, like, um, yeah. there was a similar thing when Nikola Vucevic went to Chicago because he had won nine in Orlando for ages. And Patrick Williams, who was a rookie mm. halfway through his first season, was wearing number nine. And Vooch apparently, like when he was traded, like hit up Patrick Williams and was like, hey, I've worn number nine my whole career in every stop. It's really important to me. Can I buy it from you? And he was like, oh, I'm not really that bothered. I like you can have it if you'd like. And apparently, all the like veterans in the Chicago locker room were like, he would have handed a million dollars over for that easy if you'd have like put the pressure on a little bit. <laughs> it was just like rookie mistake slash naivety. But it's so funny that all the veterans in front, like in front of the guy who just been given the jersey for free, were like, you could have rinsed a million dollars out of this guy. No yeah. problem. This guy has come here and is making two of those every month. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're asking him for like two weeks wages, basically. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I don't think that happens. I think you see it in football every so often where like a good player who has a certain number will go to a team and the player who already has that number will be like, hey, do you want this? Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. Like if a number means a lot to a certain player or whatever, like you've seen, I've seen footballers play for a certain team, have a certain number, leave, come back and be given that number again, Yeah, which is super cool. But ultimately it's, you just have a conversation with people on whether they care about it or not. But no, I don't think it's not worth it to me. Like people have brands that involve numbers when it gets to like actual 
sports that people care about financially, like football <laughs> and basketball. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I think there's probably a lot of, there's a lot in Cristiano Ronaldo playing number seven, for example. Like, I'm sure that's a big thing um, from all of his social medias and stuff. But yeah, ultimately, I don't care. But Harry, you can, ta- you can tell you don't care because you're um, you've not even bothered to update like any of your um, Instagram or Twitter handles or anything. To <laughs> maybe that's why guys do it because they're like, there must be so many fake James Harden accounts that I wonder if he's like, well, I have to have thirteen because the like Jay Harden 16 is already taken on Twitter. So I can't yeah. change my handle to that. I think the most interesting Jersey change thing that ever happened was when Anthony Davis got traded to the Lakers. LeBron wanted to give him 23 and change to number six, but obviously LeBron has a massive deal with Nike and they basically said, bro, listen, we have so many millions of 23 jerseys already printed that like, you would absolutely ruin us by changing this. <laughs> yeah, so he went, hey, sorry, man. I'll get you next year, which is amazing. That's just yeah. so funny to me that he was like, hey, I got you. And the people who are paying loads of money were just like, no, you don't. Yeah, not on our watch, you don't. <laughs> but that's mad to think of that they're like, we already have so many of your jerseys just ready on, like, just ready to go that you can't just change your number for us because yeah. it was mid season. But yeah. Okay. Cool. Right, we'll leave it there then. If you've stuck with us this long, thank you for listening. And like James says, get your questions in for our guest episode featuring Mariska, which will be dropping either Tuesday or Wednesday, we imagine. So, yeah, thank you very much, everybody. Peace out. Cool. Take it easy.